Chabiso Musia on SAFM. Let's uh, sh- uh, change focus now and talk tennis. It is finally here. We have tennis. The Australian Open got underway this morning in Melbourne and our tennis analyst Bruce Davidson joins us on the line. Good evening, Bruce. Thanks for speak- being able to speak to us again on SAFM. Uh, good to be on the show to be so nice to be on the show again. Thanks, Bruce. Uh, finally, we have tennis. Does it feel a bit different with the late start and everything that's happened, especially in the 14 days before the Grand Slam started? Well, I must give credit to uh, Craig Tiley, um, the tournament director, for uh, delivering this tournament. I mean, he was under all sorts of pressures. I don't know if you've ever been to Australia, but those that have been to Australia will know how anal those people are when it comes to rules, regulations and health protocols. So it wasn't easy for him to pull it off, but he had a good relationship with the Premier um, of his uh, state, and they managed to pull it off. It was a scare when that uh, hotel... Yeah. Uh, staff member got covered and everybody had to have a day off and they all had to be retested, 564 players. But it all went well and I see first day went very, very well and they managed to get all the matches done. Only one big upset in the men's singles, Kerber's out in the women's singles, so I think they'll be happy. Obviously, they'll wait for tomorrow. It's the second uh, day of the first round matches and uh, they'll hope that everything goes according to plan. And Bruce, does the rest of the tennis season now depend on what 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 happens at the Australian Open and how they handle this Grand Slam? Um, I think a lot of people are watching how it's handled, but you must remember every country is different. But you remember the ATP, the WTA Tour, the ITF and the Grand Slam Committee are all working very closely together. Um, and what they've realized is that they've got to set their own health regulations, present them to countries and say, if you can host a tournament with these regulations, then you can host a tournament. Instead of what happened last year, when they tried to play a little bit of tennis, they left it up to the countries to do the regulations. Mm. And, of course, we saw that disastrous exhibition with Novak Djokovic mm. in his uh, area. There there was very little protocols in place, and the ATP learned a big lesson. They should have stepped in there, even though it was an exhibition. He was one of their players. And that's one of the main reasons why he's kind of forced um, himself out of the Players' Council and is now vying to do his own type of council because he had a bit of a fallout with the ATP Tour on the rules and regulations in that regard. And do, do you see the Grand Slam continuing? What, what is likely to happen if there's a positive case? Any idea? Yes, they've got a, a special... I spoke to Craig Tiley before this, uh, oh, okay, this call, nice. just to get a little bit of info, because you, you, your producers are asking me to go on the call. He says, no, they've got a health facility with a hotel mm-hmm. that's specially being prepared. The player will be taken straight out of the bubble. Everybody will be tested again, and the player will have to go into quarantine, withdraw from the tournament, and then leave the country as soon as they are cleared. So that is uh, the threat to the players, and the players are very worried about that. So they are taking extra precautions. Jeff Gutierrez said to me that all of a sudden there's a discipline amongst the players because they've realized how serious this is. And it is very serious. And I can tell you something, that we are in for a bit of a hard jump. If I look what happened in Melville on the weekend at the Grooves, and I can see what's happening at Stoop 14, 15 and in Alexandra at the moment, I promise you now, we either have thick skin or we are very stupid because I'm very scared of what might happen. Hey, are they going strong at the stoop tonight? Woo! You must <laughs> see, my friends are phoning me. They can't even talk. It's so loud. 
and are they sharing bottles? And this is where it all comes. You grab a Savannah, then your friend grabs a part of your drink, and six of you are drinking out of one quart. You know what it's like. Mm. The boys are all the same, and it's going to be uh, a really big challenge. Let's look at the draws now. I don't think many people will disagree that Novak Djokovic is the overwhelming favourite in the men's draw with eight titles. Is he to the Australian Open what Nadal is to the French Open, Bruce? Well, it looks like he's going that way. He's got the eight titles, but he's got a very rocky road, eh? a very, yeah, very yeah, rocky yeah. road uh, in his side of the draw. It's not an easy one. He's looking at uh, a person like Alexandra Zarev in his draw, Milos Ranic, Stan Wawrinka. Semi-finals could be Dominic Tim repeat of last year's final. So, you know, he's definitely on the top side of the draw. He's got the real, real, real hard matches. Although Gael Monfils was the uh, first big seed to go out, the number 10 seed mm. went out in five set to very little known um, Emil Rusvarje of Finland. And uh, that just shows you how rusty some of these players are not being able to play a lot of matches and having to stay in quarantine for such a long time before they got into court. Well, he did make light work of Jeremy Shadi, though, having said that. But you're Absolutely. right, the draw gets tougher. But he's, a, but he's a tough competitor. And I was quite impressed by his uh, straight set win over Shadi because Shadi is a, a handsome player and he, he can play some good ball. But once again, Shadi did say, and I watched that press conference afterwards, saying that he just felt he was too rusty mm-hmm. after being in quarantine and, 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 and his game wasn't up to standard uh, to, to play against a person like Djokovic. Nadal is the next big name, but he's only won the tournament once back in in '09. Ken, do you see him going far this year? Well, he's, he's definitely trying to to win that twenty first Grand Slam. He'll be then in the history books because him and. Uh, Federer share 20 slams each, so that's his big motivation. Um, he's avoided a lot of danger, although he's still got uh, Stefan Tsitsipas, he's got Medvedev, the Russian, and Rublev, the Russian, who both are in fine form, having won the ATP Cup on the, the weekend um, for Russia. So, you know, Nadal has avoided danger, in my opinion, if you look at the, the draw. Um, and uh, the only thing that worries me with him is his back uh, injury yeah. scare. Um, because if Nadal pulls out of a tournament, then you know it's a serious injury. He doesn't uh, play Barbie dolls when it comes to injury. He, he he goes as big as he can right until the end, and uh, he would rather pull out of the tournament before the tournament and uh, during the tournament. So I'm, I'm happy that he's playing. Um, he is playing tomorrow, um, so let's just hope nothing happens overnight. But uh, that's the only worry to me because he's a very aggressive player. He needs to put a lot of effort into every stroke that he hits. And when you've got a back injury, that's one of the first, first parts of your body that takes a pounding when you play a, a game like Nadal. I know you've always liked Dominic Thiem. You even tipped him when he got to the final of the French Open in 2019. And I think last year's Australian Open, you could have tipped him when he got to that final. He got his breakthrough at the US Open, but Djokovic can say, but I was disqualified, I was not there. Has he made the next step now, the Austrian? I think he has. Uh, he won in three sets today. He's looking good the third seed. He's uh, he's going to win a lot of more majors going forward. He's already won a couple, so he knows what it's like to be on the big stage. He knows what it's like to win the big titles. He knows what it's like to put the big checks into his bank. And as soon as they're in that zone, they start winning more. But he's in the t- tough, tough side of the draw. 
Um, he would much rather play a person like Rafael Nadal than he would Novak Djokovic. And uh, as I said, if he gets through to the semi-finals, he'll play Novak in a repeat of last year's final. But he is playing the type of game that could upset Novak. Nobody wants to play Dominic Thiem because he's one of the the real, real hot uh, players um, of 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 the the circuit at the moment. But once again, also because of quarantine, lack of matches, a little bit rusty. Yeah. You've touched on the Russians. They were very good in winning the ATP Cup. I would think their best bet is a Daniil Medvedev. How do you see his tournament going? He's a good player, man. This guy has good. I remember two years ago, he was just dominant leading up to the US Open. Didn't lose a match, three tournaments. I mean, he's just a really, really big player. They're playing tomorrow, um, him and his uh, Russian counterpart, uh, Rublev. Um, yeah, I think Medvedev has got the game that can really do damage on the Australian courts. Uh, it always has surprised me, funny enough, that Nadal hasn't done that well. But if you look at all the, the matches that Nadal has lost um, at, 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 at the Australian Open, they've been big ones. They've, they've been five, six-hour matches. So I think he's been rather unlucky down in Australia. He has won at once, so he does know how to win uh, in Melbourne. But uh, I think uh, you're quite right. The, 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 the dark horse... To me, and uh, the floater is uh, is Medvedev. He's, he's he's really a player that can pull all sorts of stops out, and it's about time that he won a Grand Slam. Is there anyone else in the men's draw we can look out for? Well, I think it's it's a very you know to be so because of this quarantine and 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 the way everybody's had to go into quarantine, you know. <laughs> It's a very dangerous thing to predict because a lot of the players, even in the women's draw, uh, you know, they're all vulnerable. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm looking at Kevin Anderson maybe doing well. He's got a big match tomorrow against the number Bertini. nine seed Italian, Matteo Bertini. But then I watched Matteo Bertini in the, the, the ATP Cup playing for Italy, got them to the final. The guy can play good ball, man. Mm. But if Kevin Anderson can win that match, He's definitely got a shot at, at, at going deep into the tournament. Um, and, you know, Lloyd Harris has got a, a, a nice match, 2 a.m. on court 16 tomorrow morning, 2 a.m. South African time, um, against a lucky loser. He'll be happy about that. Mikhail Tovbegaard of uh, Denmark, mm-hmm. who got into the tournament because someone pulled out. Um, I, you know, I, there's a couple of danger guys that are floating around. Tsitsipas has always impressed me. I think he's due for a, 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 a grand slam. He won the ATP. Um, uh, finals, uh, he, he, you know, he knows how to, to win big. Zareva, succeed. Um, really looked rusty today in his fourth set win against the American, uh, Marcus Giron. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a difficult one. I don't want to call it. I think we get, we're in for a very, very interesting Australian Open, men and women singles. It cannot be interesting without a Nick Kyrgios, Bruce. Oh, but he looked good today, man. He's such a character. Yeah. You know, love him or hate him. If you ask 30 kids in the world who's your favorite player, other than Nadal, Federer, and maybe Djokovic, because not many of them like Djokovic, uh, Nick <laughs> comes right up at the top. He's, he's one of the most popular. It's, it's, it's quite an interesting stat. He's one of the most popular players for the age groups of 12 to 21. Um, and he, it's just his character and the way he is and the way he speaks out and the way he plays the game. So, But he looked really good today, and I, I was quite impressed uh, with his one. Yeah, and he won in straight sets against Sandra, yeah. 6-4, Let's just take a quick break, and then we're going to look at the women's draw with uh, Bruce Davidson, if you've just joined us, our tennis analyst, as we look ahead to the Australian Open. Well, it got underway today, so we're talking Australian Open. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. 
Okay, we're gonna let's look at the women's draw now, uh, Bruce. And every time we speak to you, we always say it is wide open. And I'm not sure if that talks to the gap that is closing or the older players in the women's game slowing down, or does it just talk to the depth in the women's game? Such depth in the women's game, and actually, it is very wide open. Serena's <laughs> got Serena Williams. We, this 39-year-old is still a talking point. I mean, she's playing. Can you believe this, Tabisa? This year, she's playing her 20th Australian Open. Now, that is an incredible run for a tennis player to play 20 Australian Opens, but she's got such a tricky draw. Um, I'm just looking at her draw, and, you know, she could face Simona Halep, Naomi Osaka, and Ashley Barty in succession if she does well. I mean, her fourth-round match against seven-seed Arena Sabalenka is also not going to be an easy one. So, yeah, but she's such a strong player, and... um, you know, there was a little bit of a scare of a shoulder injury and she pulled out of that uh, final. Um, but she got to the final. She played a few matches. So, yeah, I think she's, I think Ashley Barty's the one I'm, I'm looking at. I like Ashley Barty's chances. Um, Sophie Kinnan, the defending champion, could be her opponent in the semifinals. Sophie Kinnan would love to, uh, you know, win two in a row. Um, but it's going to be a tough one with Ashley Barty playing the type of tennis she is. You must remember Ashley Barty was very lucky not to be in quarantine mm. during her time. She lives in Australia. She was able to be at home and she had all the top juniors practicing with her and playing matches with her where the others were sitting in hotel rooms. So she's got a definite advantage there. Um, if I look at the, the bottom of the draw, tough one. Ashley Barty, eight grandstand champions in that bottom of the draw. Top off the draw, seven grandstand singles champions, four of them, four number one, former, former number ones. Not easy. I wouldn't like to wake up in the morning being a woman tennis player playing in the Australian Open because it's so tough. And how much pressure is on Ashley Barty? Also considering the rustiness that you've touched on, she didn't play much in 2020 if she played at all. Well, you know, she's just a, 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 a really good competitor. We know that she was a top uh, cricketer before she decided to go into tennis, and she was a really good cricketer. So she hits the ball well. She's got an, a, a conventional style of game, bit of old school, bit of new school. And, of course, she's going to have the home crowd behind her. Mm. But, you know, her draw's also tough. Man, she's got last year's runner-up, uh, two-time major winner, sub, uh, Gabrine Muguruza, in the fourth round. If she gets through that, quarterfinals, eight-seed Bianca Andres, who won the US Open, nine seed, uh, ever dangerous, Patrick Titova, the next one in the semis. Hey, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's not easy for these chicks. And I promise you now, um, you know, every match is going to count. And you've got so many floaters around, so many floaters that could do damage in both the men's and women's singles. I was just watching that match between uh, um, the, the uh, what's, what's his name, uh, Dennis Shapilov. Yeah. Playing Yannick Sinner. Five setter. That was three six six three six two four six six four. And Dennis Shapilov, the eleven seed, just sneaked through there. Yannick uh, Sinner is this new up and coming star that Rafael Nadal says is going to be the best in the world. Mm. Um, and I, I tell you, going back to the women's draw, there's a lot of those Yannick Sinners floating around. So one is very difficult to to name. Uh, maybe next week, if we talk, we'd, we'd have a better idea at who's the where the cream has risen to the top, yeah. um, and let's see what's going. But it's, it's it's really going to be a very difficult one. There's so many good players out there. I mean, tomorrow's uh, the, the lineup is is very very exciting. We've got uh, the, the defending champion Sophia Kennan going to court fifth seed Elena. Vitalina, we got Pliskova, the sixth seed, and Ashley Barty will be making her debut against uh, um, Montenegro's Danik Kovanec. She shouldn't have a problem there.
Okay. And just finally, how much pressure do you think is on a Serena Williams? So is she feeling the pressure going for that 24th Grand Slam title? Because she got number 23 in Melbourne four years ago when she struggled since then. You know what? I'm actually finding this here, and I don't know if you you agree with me. It doesn't seem to be such a talking point. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's more talking points about COVID, more talking about mm-hmm. quarantine, more talking about uh, talking points about Rafael Nadal winning 2020, Margaret 2021, Court. Margaret Court's <laughs> uh, you know uh, outbursts, religious outbursts, yeah. and all of that. Jazz. I, I think Serena's got found that there's a little bit less pressure. She loves Australia. She's made it very clear. She's been there 20 times to play. She loves it. When she arrived, she tweeted and Instagrammed, I'm here, I'm down under. This is what I love. She's brought her daughter. She's exposed her daughter on Instagram. She doesn't be shy about it. She's shown the the kangaroos, the wallabies, whatever they are. And I think she's in a, a good space. I just hope she's fit enough to last. And let's just hope, and we must mention this to your listeners, the one big factor that you must know at the Australian Open every year is the incredible heat. Yeah. And that is a big test to every player, um, even if you are fit. You've got the advantage, but boy, oh boy, that heat can get hot. I've been there plenty of times before. And when we talk 42, 43 degrees, mm. that is just normal. Okay, before we let you go, Bruce, we've got a voice note here for you. Hi, hi, guys in the studio. As a big fan of Rafael Nadal, uh, I think Nadal actually might win the Australian Open mm. unless if he suffers from his uh, back injury, see, then maybe he might actually retire. But if he doesn't retire, I have a hope in him then to win the Australian Open. Then. Ciao, ciao, bye. Funo in Devon, eh? Okay, Funo, we're going to catch up in a week or so. Let's see what happens over the next week. Bruce, thanks for speaking to us. Always a pleasure talking to you. Wonderful insight also. Absolutely. Thanks, Tabisa. Keep you on the ball. Thanks, Bruce Davidson, tennis analyst. You can follow him on social media, Brucey, BLD, at Bruce Y, and then BLD. That's his Twitter handle there on social media. Very knowledgeable. And thanks to him for even... Uh, Getting in touch with Craig Tyler, the CEO of the Australian Open, before he came on, just to make sure that he gets his facts right there. And uh, we do appreciate that, Bruce. Bruce, we don't take it for granted.